Welcome to another edition of the official Catch Up Podcast. It's Ben, and I'm back as ever with Chris. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, about a special episode today. Obviously, we have Thomas Brown, the chairman of the Lone League, joining us. End of season fair in the Lone League. Obviously, the last matches for many clubs have been played. I think there's only one game to go, if I remember correctly. So uh, probably the next few weeks will be uh, covering a lot more in the the tiers below because we'll have nothing really to talk about in the Lone League other than I guess the Lone League Cup and. Uh, you know, obviously Spartans in the playoffs. So but yeah, decent episode ahead, Ben, I think. We'll talk a bit about the, the football, what's happened, uh, probably just quite briefly, because not a lot to to probably far talk about uh, across the, the lone league, certainly. Um maybe a little bit about the West and East, etc. But in terms of the Lone League, it was uh, say the final the final day of the the Lone League fixtures. There will be the Lone League Cup coming up uh, over the next few weeks, but certainly just running through the results, it was Berwick Rangers nil, Spartans nil, Calabrese one, still in uni nil, Cowden Beath one, East Kilbride three, Cumbernauld Colts five, WT Star nil, East Lancashire two, Rangers B three, Edinburgh Uni three, Gretna one, Gallifrey Dean Rovers four, Broomhill one, Hearts B two, Bonish United nil, and Trinent Juniors two, Civil Service Strollers three. We obviously know last week that the Spartans are champions. Uh, WE are, are, are relegated. We expected that, Chris, uh, in terms of uh, WE, but we mentioned Spartans last week, a, a great side and, and well worthy of their, their victory. Yeah, I, I saw a wee post from uh, Stephen Degnan from WE's point of view, and obviously it's quite sad to see WE go down. There is a possibility that they might still stay in the league, obviously, if Elgin City get relegated or you know their club 42 and then some Spartans beat them or whatever but I mean it's a it's a long shot uh, a lot of things need to happen there for WWE to stay up and as one of the founding members of the league I've always got on with them the guys have always been great it's a great club um, but yeah they've just not been great this season they've not been good enough we kind of talked about it in the last episode it's, it's quite sad to see but on the other end obviously as I mentioned last week I'm delighted for Spartans and hopefully uh, we know the, that it's going to be Breakin City now Breakin City are a good team I mean we've on them a wee bit in the podcast this year. I think it was one of those ones that we got called on, like oh, Breakin City. I think I, I think I called Breakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone, we got that right. We got someone, that right. someone came for you after that, didn't they? <laughs> I, I, halfway through the season or something like that, and then uh, a bit like the Auckland like Talbot <laughs> fans that came for me. I think um, when I said that Davo were going to, um, it took to the final day. But well, we got we, it right. I mean, things were things were certain. The fact that. Um, Okay, like we aren't going to win the league. I don't think they will. They still mathematically can, but personally, I don't think they. I don't think they will. But um, yeah, in terms of, I think Spartans, it's great to see them in the in the playoff. I think they've got a good chance against Breakin. Personally, I think I think they've got a chance. Of, I've had some records. They've got good players. Most of the squad seems to be in in good condition. They'll get a little break to play uh, before the the games come up next week. I think it is the first games take place up at it's Ainsley Park isn't it, the yep. first game yeah. uh, followed by the return fixture at um, Glebe Park certainly so it'll be it'll be good to see and obviously we're, we're rooting for Spartans but no two ways about it we're going to be fully on board with the, the Spartans train uh, with this one and hopefully they can get promoted and uh, we'll see then what happens with uh, the bomb but yeah coming up to Del Beatty, I think it's you're right I think it's, it's sad to see that they are a, a good side they've had a bit of a difficult spell and I think though they can they can go into that 
into the South of Scotland League and, and probably regroup a little bit as a club and, and, and go again. I think they're more than capable of coming back into that playoff. The Obviously, the difficulty being is that they've got to come back into a playoff if they do win the league. And given the calibre teams in the West and East coming up, I think that becomes a bigger challenge for them, certainly. Uh, but but I think they're, they're well capable of getting there. That's the first thing, I think, looking at that South of Scotland League. They've got got more than enough with a the squad they've got and I hope they can keep most of the squad that they've got together. Uh, I don't know what that'll look like personally, but I'm sure um given the, the manager change that we've talked about them a lot this season and said a lot of good things about John Williamson didn't it didn't work out for him but the new managers came in and, and done a great job given difficult circumstances and uh seemed to have got some sort of improvement but just not enough by uni managing to get some results and, and just uh, keep their, their, their neck above the, the water as it is. And, but they'll be, as I say, regroup, go again and, and come back um, strong in the playoff, I assume, next season. I guess the other big news we've heard, um, this is we're recording this episode Sunday night because I think we recorded last Sunday morning um, <laughs> and there was a bit, of, uh, a bit of change, shall we say, across the across some of the the top one team particular in the West. Um, so see, we recorded Sunday morning, I think, and by Sunday night there was um, news that, that Mick Kennedy had left Darvel. Um, we'd obviously talked about that in, in, in better detail and, and rumour about about Mick and you know where he was going and was expe- the, the rumour was he was going to East Kilbride. That that news was, was confirmed uh, on Saturday night. He will replace... Um, Kevin Rukovic uh, is, is the manager there and he's bringing along uh, Open Goal Broomhill manager uh, Sai Ferry Chris um, hate to say I told you so I guess yeah we, I mean we talked <laughs> we talked about it pretty much last episode like the whole uh, the whole thing other than obviously uh, not knowing if it was going to be a thing uh, at that point in time um, 99% done, I think, was the episode title. And obviously, that's what I said about Mick Kennedy going to T-School Bride. So, good luck to him. Um, not sure whether I'll... I don't know if I could put the Kilby curse on them by uh, by saying they're going to win the league next year. Or I anything, mean, but... you've got to. I mean, surely you've got to. <laughs> even even later on... You're Third time have... lucky. <laughs> if, you, if you don't nominate... If you don't pick um, T-School Bride this year... Um, potential champions and that we do the previews uh, in, in July then what's been wrong I, I'm <laughs> fully expecting that but yeah in all seriousness I think it'll be it's an interesting appointment for me uh, I know Mick well enough from his, his time at Darvel he's, he's quite quite outspoken um, is, is old Mick he's, he's likes to have, he's got a lot to say I wonder how he feels about uh, the B team certainly being involved in the in the the Lowland League, you know, he's got a lot to say about that, so it'll be interesting. But he brings in obviously Cy Ferry, another person has got a lot to say, um, predominantly on his podcast. And uh, but I think they can build a squad. I think that'll be they'll be let's not kid ourselves. There'll be money there to spend in terms of East Kilbride. We know the 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 big spenders of the of the the Lowland League, and they'll build a squad and all the great players from. That, I, I absolutely expect so. First player, I assume, will, will turn up at Darvel. Uh, Scott Bride will be Ian McShane. I think he'll be one of the first players. Cut Broadfoot. Um, Cut Broadfoot, okay, right, okay. Potentially, <laughs> there we go. But I think Ian McShane is a, the kind of player that, that East Kilbride definitely could do with. And I know Mick 
rates him highly. We all do. I think he's a good player, and, and that'll be one to to watch. But I'm sure there'll be more of that squad that'll that'll look to be potentially look to get the move up to to the lower league. Um, I wonder how it will go though for them. Do you think, Chris? Do you feel like it's win or bust for East Kilbride next season? Yes. I mean, money, I've said it before, weeks ago or whenever it was, but, you know, surely money doesn't last forever. They keep chucking money at it. Um, I don't I don't know much about the owner, to be honest. I mean, there's a few clubs that I know, know about owners and whatnot. Um, you know, I, 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 to be honest, I don't really like discussing too much into the financial situations. All I know is that we know that he's hoping right have money. And they're going well to chuck, back, well yeah. back. They're, they're yeah. going to chuck money at it, but I, I don't think you can do that forever. You can't do that, um, and and well, I guess fail um, to get to where you need to be to to recoup some of either money or whatever it would be, uh, i.e., going into the SPFL. Or um, so yeah, I, I think this has got to be the, the last shot at it. Um, a, a lot of things are going to change obviously with the conference league and whatever else so um i had this has got to be the last shot at it and I, i'm intrigued to see how it goes for them and obviously i, I quite like mick um so i hope he does well but yeah I, i'll wait and see before making any predictions uh <laughs> i think both mick and, and si are characters and we'll be we'll hear plenty from them over the course of the season it'll be interesting to see how how they get on in the lower league because I think I do believe that the school by thing is a is a win or bust situation. They're going through a kind of conveyor belt of managers when they don't get success. It seems to be a, a quick a quick move is to get rid of the manager if it's not working for whatever reason. And uh, they've they've also got a squad of, of good players and 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 have done over the years. And squads for me that are always capable of winning the lower league from the start or even further in. You don't know what what goes wrong in school by but. There's something there, but it'll be interesting to see if Mick and, and Sai can turn that round over the course of the season and get them promoted because I guess that's ultimately as the, yeah. the aim. And um, yeah. with the Conference League, I guess promotion potentially could be not necessarily being the champion. Um, you don't necessarily have to win the league next season if they're going to be promoting multiple teams in the Conference situation. So, yeah, that'll be. That'll be an interesting one to watch, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty um, as the, the squad next season is assembled, uh, East Kilbride. The other one to talk about, there's been, I guess, it's a bit of a merry-go-round, Chris. Um, Calum Elliott uh, has left Pennycook Athletic after, I think, about three months or something like that, roughly, and he has joined... Uh, he's replaced Morris Ross at Cowdenbeath. I'm actually surprised at that. Actually, I didn't even think he lasted three months, to be honest. I might, might be wrong about that, or my memory's gone gone fast. Uh, you know, Pennycook are such a great club. Um, I really like Pennycook. And given Callum Elliott's uh, experience before of what he'd done at Tynecastle and, uh, and Trenent, I thought Pennycook would be a really good fit. However... He's he's jumped at the chance to go to Cowden Beef. Surprising because, uh, you know, in the next few years, I, I if Penny could get back to where they were in terms of being a challenger in East of Scotland, I, I could probably see Penny could being a better team than Cowden Beef. In all fairness, whether not a better club and facilities and whatnot, um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but certainly to Cowden, I don't know how Cowden Beef improve on their 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 finish from last season. In fairness, I mean they're not a club that's known. Have lots of money anymore. I think the fact is they don't. I think yes. uh, 
I've listened to Morris Ross talk recently, and he, he says that there's, there's no money there. The, the club seems a bit different in terms of obviously having to rebuild, I guess, and from getting relegated from from League Two. And Calamelli as a manager certainly has, I think, the ability to take teams and, and build them in, and, and yeah. get them winning. I think his win record is, is ridiculous. I think it's he's got. Had success, but whatever he's been, the Tynecastle got Trinent promoted into the the lower league. He obviously left Trinent during the the summer, I think, or early in the season, um, for whatever reason there. But picks up the Pennacute job. I think from all I look at, he's looking for for for, an, for his next job and yeah. try to find the right opportunity. He has local Edinburgh, so Pennacute did seem like a good fit for him. And Coming back to to Pennycook versus Cowdenbeath, for me, I, I don't see, I don't see Cowdenbeath as a as a great move personally for him. I think there's much more potential there with Pennycook for for me as a club. I think they've got easily could win that league next season. I think that one of the teams. I think the East of Scotland Premier League is going to be quite an open league league next year. Linlithgow Rose, I assume, get promoted. Um, I guess people will come at me for being for making assumptions, but certainly uh, because I know I've got that wrong already this season. But I think yeah, Lothgaros go up that 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 East Scotland Premier League is a, a very open division, and I think Pennycook could easily win that. But yeah, another one to watch and see how that goes. And Callum Callum Elliott only I think yeah, actually was only in charge for uh, it looks like seven weeks. Christmas then you make the, yeah. the, the, the the three month mark so. Um, is, is he the kind of manager that, that's looking maybe will he be looking at his next move I don't know perhaps I, I think that's that's something that you look at his, his CV he does, he's what 36 or something like that and he's jumped about clubs multiple times as a manager and it'll be interesting to see how that goes because if, if Cowdenbeath don't don't do well is he, is he going to stick around I'm not too sure but uh, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting watching another one. We'll we'll keep an eye on. I'm sure talk about it at length uh, over the close season as, as the squad um, gets assembled. Moving on, then we'll cover off quickly um, some of the other divisions that we like to talk about. East of Scotland um, Premier Division. There was four games: Inverkeith and Hillfield Swift six, via Leaden nil, Crossgates nil, Musselburgh Athletic one, the Donald Bluebell five, Blackburn United two, Oakley United nil, Pennycook two. Uh, largely, I guess, routine victories. I think we expect probably most of those teams that they went with a with a form book, if you like, uh, Chris. Yeah, I think the biggest shock in the East was in, uh, in the league. It was can we really call it a shock? Uh, Bonus Athletic beating Socky five one in the cup. Yes, um, that was that was a mental score, and um, obviously we'll probably move on to the Western. But there was a lot of mental scores at the weekend. Uh, we've talked up Bonus Athletic. Their front three in particular, a lot of praise. Um, did I expect them to go out and beat Socky 5-1? Absolutely not. I mean, Socky are still one of the top teams in East of Scotland, but we talked about levels and Bonus Athletic being way, way, way below their their natural level. Are they an East of Scotland Premier side? I think so, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, a shocking result in the Cup. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll rattle through the, the divisions. That's absolutely no doubt about that. And, yeah, nobody's shocked. They've got talented players. We talked about them, I think, about last week as well. And they're, they're a good side. And they'll, they'll win the, the division. Probably win the division next season as well. But, yeah, certainly not a surprise. And we know Saki are a good cup team. And, and they like um, 
they do well in cup competitions, but bonus are have got some, as I say, outstanding players and uh, well worthy of their win um, on Saturday. Uh, jump across then to the South of Scotland League. There was one match in the South of Scotland League and it was Big Time Bladner 1, Medan Deal 4. Not a lot of games again in the uh, the South of Scotland. Chris, a couple of cup competitions involving Abbey Vale and they're involved in the, the Cup Winner's Shield uh, yeah. that, that gets played. Uh, Lancarty uh, winning uh, that 4-2 in penalties and there'll be obviously a game involving Renfrew um, and the that cup cup winner shield to see who gets the place in the the Scottish Cup. Uh, the other game involving a South of Scotland team as Lockarthur, so two Australian reserves won in the, the SCFA Challenge Cup second round. But certainly, uh, not a lot. I always find it strange in the in the the South. Something five weeks there's only one league game on, but uh, yeah. Um, not to, not a lot to report on there in, in the south. Yeah, it was just it was heartbreak. Last minute equaliser from Lankari to make it three three. They went to penalties and obviously yeah, Lankari think got the extra point, I believe. So mm. uh, it's disappointing for Abbey Vale, but they were leading uh, so long in that game and to concede right to the death to, to then have to go and play to, to you know kick penalties is is not ideal. But uh, Lankari are a really good team. Um, we've talked about them uh, previously as well. So. Yeah, it's all up to Renfrew now. Right, moving across into the West of Scotland uh, Premier League, there was a full card of fixtures. Uh, starting off Friday night, Cohen and Rangers nil, Clyde Bank seven. Can we just gloss over that? Is that <laughs> possible? Can we just can we just forget about that game? I've not got a lot to say on it, to be quite honest. It's one of those ones, 7 0 against anyone's horrible to take, fighting for survival. Not good enough. Simple as that. Can't, can't say much more than that. Clyde Bank have got a cup competition, cup final round uh, next week at Meadow Park in the, the League Cup against Lock and Lake Talbot. Um, I was hoping to have one eye on that, but certainly came out uh, firing and were, were well worthy of their, their seven goals, unfortunately. But Ruthless, yeah. It's what it is. We've just got to focus on the next game. It doesn't come much harder than um, B for us, certainly, next week. Uh, we play them on Saturday. We get a whole week of no games for the first time in, in God knows how long, but We'd be either a great side of unfortunately for us, we're coming in a game and they've not touching the results shortly, but we're looking to play them and having to try, try and get a result. They're probably going to be trying to finish winning, finish the league off and, and get a victory there, which is a great achievement for, for B. That looks like they're, they're going to finally do it. Um, they dropped points on Saturday for the first time, I think, God knows how long, losing 4 0 to Toon, Chris. That was a shocker. We talked about shock results, that was a a uh, complete surprise, but I think it's a blip, a blip in what has been otherwise a, a fantastic season for Beave, and it, it's came out of nowhere. I, I don't think anyone would have predicted Beave to to have the season they've had. And fair play to the guys. Obviously, I called out Josh Fowler a, a really early in the season. I thought he would do well. Did I think he would, you know, be one of the guys to take them to the top, right to the top? I mean, you know, competing, yes, but not not as. You know, potential winners of the league. I mean, that's just crazy. But you know, fair play to them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Saturday was just a blip for me. I think. Yeah, I think we've also seen it. Christian as a man just came in and built, brought some players in to a, the squad that was already there. And he's he's got good talented players already. Already, uh, and he complimented that with the guys like Andy Monk, Carl Lamont. He's had a I guess a renaissance of a of a season um, coming back and. 
they played for Beeden and doing a great job. Blair Rosser looks like a, a great find um, as well in, in the middle of the park. Guys like Daniel Neal, we've known him for years. He's a he's a good solid player. I think the one bit they lacked in was was the goalkeeping situation for the, kind of the beginning of the season, but brought in Owen Stock kind of um, kind of I think around about October November time, and he's been a, a great pick up as well and, and solidified that kind of defensive side of things. So I mean, be are absolutely well worthy of that. Um, the title if they, if they do win it. I assume they will. I think we're all talking about assumptions in this podcast, it seems, just tonight. But but I think they, I think they'll do it. Doc can, like, have enough in their tank to to get the points. I personally don't think so from seeing Ock and Lake play and, and Ock and Lake fans can come in my DMs if they want and come at me because I've seen them play twice against the Buffs. Um, I think they were brilliant, uh, personally. Um so I don't think they'll do enough. It would, it would take something from B to to, uh, to absolutely derail, and I, I don't think they have that in them. I think they're, as you say, Chris, it's a blip. We've got to play them on Saturday. We need to find these points as, as a team down the bottom of the league. And uh, yeah, certainly not looking forward to um, to that trip to Bellsdale uh, on Saturday. But we'll go there, um, hoping to try and. Potentially spoil the party. I think Auchinleck um, eh, on Wednesday night. If, if Auchinleck lose to Largs, eh, and then Beath can win the league on on Saturday officially and by the point. So Auchinleck need to keep the to keep the momentum going and, and try and stay with them as best they can. But I just I don't I don't think they will personally. But moving on then to some of the other games across the the board. I mentioned Auchinleck they beat Arthur like two 0 Um talked about B B Juniors now Trun four. Gotta give got a lot of credit to Trun, I guess, Chris, and getting that getting that result. We've, we've talked a bit about them across the course of the season, but uh nobody saw nobody saw Trun beating B four now, let's be honest. But I think no, good 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 result for them obviously. I think Trun have that in them, I think. They're, a, they're they're one of these teams that I do feel they can pick up a result here and there. Four now against you know the, the league leaders. Probably not, not uh, to that extent. But certainly, I do feel Trun do have a a few a few wins in them. Sometimes when you when you're not expecting them, I was going to say they're a bit a bit hot and cold for me, Trun. I think that they don't don't know what you're getting. You get uh, a team that's capable of doing that with Trun or uh, completely different sides. So those they're never never very consistent across the board. Next game then, Cumnock uh, Juniors two, Avon Meadow one. Come up back to winning ways after uh, defeat against Lockin Lake uh, midweek. They'll be obviously come come up are going to be a team that are, are looking at the Junior Cup final, Chris. I think that that's going to be firmly in their sights now. So it's a great achievement for, for coming up to get to uh, the Junior Cup final. They'll play Rolly Glenath, Rolly Glen, Glen um, And I know down in kind of down coming up way that the Junior Cup is, is really important to them. So Get into that cup final. It's it's no it's no mean feat, and there'll be it's something for the fans to look forward to. And the players because their season probably a little bit fizzled out, um, given their early start and their, their good form they had at the beginning. Yeah, I mean the, the only disappointing thing about that final, I think it's on a Friday night. That's right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That that should be on a Sunday at you know uh, in Kelly or something. Friday night seems like a, an odd fixture. It's a, it's a big occasion for for both clubs that are involved and. I mean, personally, I like Friday night games for, for a league game. I think that's that's a, a decent fixture. We'd won on Friday night against Clyde Bank, and it's a, it's enjoyable under the lights and all that. But a final needs to be a, a weekend during the day. 
get everyone there because you you'll find that the, the families and things like that will come along with that that, that maybe don't normally um, go and watch like a Cumnock or other they'll turn out for the, for a big game with that and it's good it's great for the town yeah I, I guess but that's I guess the, it's a maybe been dictated by TV I don't know it's on I think BBC Alba um, host it on on TV so yeah but. From from Cumnock's perspective, they'll be going there to win that and, and bring the trophy back. No two ways about it, and very much, I think, got that in them. They've got a great side and struggling probably a little bit looking at our squad with, with injuries and things like that, and, and try to get boys fit. But they'll be they'll be looking at that faction and I think more than capable of, of getting the result there. Elsewhere, then just to round up the West Scotland Premier League, it was Cuckatar uh, Robroy two, Darvel one, Largs Thistle four. Hurford United 1, Pearsell 0, Glen Afton Athletic 2, and Pollock 1, Canvas Lang Rangers 0. I guess the only other surprising surprising one there, Chris, is, is Kirk and Tarver Boy beating Darvel. Uh, Max departed in the, in, in the week there, and Daryl Meggett and Craig McEwen have taken over interim charge until they appoint uh, a new manager, but Still expected Davo capable enough to beat Rob Roy. It seems like I don't know what's happened there, but it feels like a bit like a down tools, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I've heard certain things. Uh, whether it, I, I don't know exactly what's went on there, but um, obviously Mick leaving's ne- never a good sign for any club. If you lose your manager to, a, in fairness, a you know East Coast or a, a tier above, but um, it does. It, we we kind of questioned the project thing. If you believe in a project, it's kind. Kind of relating Mick Kenny to to Cy Ferry a wee bit there, eh? but uh, match with the perhaps. Match, yeah, maybe maybe that will be the two, I guess, <laughs> to get East Colbride to to win the league. But no, nah, I I don't know what's going on. Darvo will be disappointed to lose Mick. Uh, he was a big part of the club, obviously a big part of the. I've used words like journey, but um, I think that's their words as well. To be fair, <laughs> so um, Pro- project journey, they're, they're the they're yeah. the ones that get get thrown about and. and yeah, but I guess the question is, where does it leave Darvel now? I mean, who do they go and appoint as a manager? I'm not too sure. They'll obviously have a a checkbook there to go and get uh, appointments. They are, by the looks of it, advertising for uh, for appointments and looking for uh, applications, as it would be for, for that role. So uh, I don't know how much of that will be actually take place in terms of recruitment and kind of a process, but I guess... Uh, any names stuck out, Chris, for that, for that job? Uh, my prediction would be Callum Elliott to jump from Kitten Beef to Darvo in the next few weeks. <laughs> nah, there we go. Nah, I'm, nah, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You know, I, one one name that keeps coming up, um, which I, I think he's too into his media stuff, uh, I kind of alluded to I heard Barry Ferguson to EK before Mick. Yeah. Uh, whether Barry Ferguson would come back into, into management. I mean, he's got a sweet, a sweet gig out, but what with the daily record and all these sort of radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he would come back into management, but yeah, his name always seems to to come up. Um, to be honest, I have no idea. I have no idea this this present time. I'll, I'll, give try, it... I'll try one out straight away. Jamie Hamill. Mm, interesting, I eh? I could see that. Yeah, sacked by your left Stranraer a couple of weeks back. What about Craig McEwen? He steps up to the. I don't know if he's away to. He's not. He's not. He's, he's definitely not. Size in as the as the number two there. So I, I don't. I don't think um, yeah. Craig McEwen will be moving to school by by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean potentially. I, I don't know how much uh, what involvement Craig has at, at Darvel just now. And 
Craig McCune is, 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 I think, partly um, responsible with the Daryl Mega. I think it's a right. Okay, it's a um, a duo, shall we say? Uh, the Buffs appointed a, a leadership group um, when David Gorman left, but uh, it looks like they've got a, a management duo um, at, at Darvo. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Southie will, will be someone who would, would want that job. He's been around that club for a number of years and know it well. Um, he's he's somebody that's been his own man. I think for a number of years before that and it did shock me a little bit of him going to, to Darvo as a number two because he was kind of seen his own man at Glen Afton and um, St Caddox etc so yeah, yeah it'll be an interesting one to watch but uh, I'm sure they'll get some decent applicants and some people that'll be really interested in, in that project if you like and wanting to take uh, Darvo because ultimately Darvo have underachieved let's not, let's not kill ourselves here they have had the budget and the finances to go on, and, and should have won the, uh, the, or should have got promoted by now, and it's just not happened. So maybe a, a change, a change of manager is the is the right move for them, and and Nisco Bride an opportunity for Max. So maybe it's just a good time for for all concerned to move on and and, and see where they go from here. But again, a bit similar to what we're talking about, Nisco Bride. How does is that sustainable at Darvo? I'm not still not hundred percent sure. Um, can John Gold continue to sustain funding that, as a, as I understand it is, and, and the other people I think that are involved as well that uh, that fund Darvo as a as a team? I'm not 100 percent sure that that's possible. So yeah, maybe maybe it's about time to to find a better balance. But we'll, again, another one we'll keep keep tabs on over the course of the season, uh, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. So that rounds up the the West Scotland Premier League. Uh, we're now going to be joined by. Thomas Brown, the chairman of the Lone League, um, and we'll talk to him a bit about what's happening in the, the Lone League past, present, future, uh, in terms of B teams, conferences, promotion, relegation, all the all the stuff that gets talked about uh, on a regular basis on social media, uh, football forums, in the stands, WhatsApp groups, you name it. So there's always talk about the Lone League. It's something that comes up regularly, but. Looking forward to chat to, to Thomas. And now we're joined by Thomas Brown from the Low and League. Thomas, how are you doing? Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, good. Um, it's good to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to, I think we'll probably allude to it at the start of the, the podcast, we're going to chat Thomas a bit about the Low and League this season, uh, some of the different things that have happened over the course of, of the year in terms of some of the votes, some of the different situations that have, have occurred uh, that, that probably raise some eyebrows quite a lot of time uh, across social media and in the league. So, um, firstly, let's just talk about the season in general. How do you feel, feel like the Lowland League has went so far this season, Thomas? I think the season's fit has went very well. Uh, I mean, up until just about six weeks ago, we had about four or five teams that were yep. at the top you know, going for going for the, the title. Uh, Spartans obviously won it. I think the Spartans would deserve one of them an outstanding season. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've Truly deserved winners of the league, and wish them all the best in uh, the playoffs in the next two weeks. And hopefully, they go on to play Club Forty Two as well. Once and obviously, Club Forty Two is not decided either. There's still a fight at the bottom of the SPFL two for that position. Uh, so that's been at the top. There's been a good challenge in the middle of the table, and you know, yeah, at the bottom of had two teams which have kind of sat at the bottom all season, which I think most leagues will will, will have. Uh, I think all in all, it's been, it's been a good season for the league. 
Yeah, I think from, from our perspective, Chris, it's been a, it's been quite positive in terms of the football. There's been a lot of a talk, obviously, about the B teams, which we'll, I'm sure we'll cover at some point. But it was good to see Spartans win the league in the end. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Thomas. It's been quite exciting this season, actually. With the last sort of few seasons, we've had maybe what you would probably describe as runaway winners. Uh, so to have a more challenging league, it's been great, obviously. As you said, obviously, Sterling Uni were in it for a wee bit. Um, Trinan Juniors, I don't think East Colbride were really out of it until you know the last sort of few months either. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been really good. And as you say, Ben, we've been kind of focusing more on the football, but obviously there is, I guess, what we... <coughs> Background issues rather than foreground ones uh, this season, I guess. No, definitely. There's been a, there's been a lot to to talk about, and I guess that that first topic that always comes up, uh, Thomas, is is the B teams. We've had a, a recent vote again of well, firstly, let's, let's step back a little bit. How have you felt uh, the B teams have went this season in terms of their involvement in the league? The, the involvement has been uh, has has been good. Uh, a lot of noise on social media about that. Uh, against that and, and you know people have to their views but in terms of the actual footballing it's been good clubs have enjoyed them most clubs have enjoyed having them in most clubs have enjoyed uh, playing against them uh, and uh, have benefited in various ways from that uh, so I think all the, all the B teams has been a good a good thing for the league In terms of, in terms of those benefits what, what kind of benefits do you see from having the B teams in there? The benefits are is it gives the league more exposure, uh, and you, you know you could say that a lot of that exposure is negative. Uh, however, you know clubs clubs are still seeing uh, we're still seeing increasing dates at, at B team games uh, across the season. You know, looking at where it started three two two seasons ago to where it is now, there's definitely an increase in dates. That there's more press interest, which which helps the league. Uh, and all in all, you know, uh, B teams whether people like them or like them or not, uh, they are a talking point. They certainly are. Chris, you've obviously talked about them quite a bit as well on this podcast. How have you seen the, the B teams this season? Yeah, um, well, I've always said I've not really had anything against the, the players. It's always great to, to watch the, the development and, you know, it, it's not really proven that it's it's developed these players as such because they could probably get a similar experience on loan to other clubs. But certainly, you know, you just have to look at my team of the season. I've got B team players in it. So, obviously, there, there has shown some quality um, you know, and, and some of the B team players, I, I, probably for Hearts more than Rangers and Celtic, but certainly some of the young the young guys at Hearts probably have had, you know, a really good exposure to to um, a, a decent level of football in the Lowland League. Um, I'm not totally against B teams. Uh, you know, I, I think we've made that clear for over, you know, the course of the last few years or whatever. So, um. Yeah, I just think it's obviously a, a really divisive issue for people. I think it always it can come back down to, I've, I've often said, people's dislike for Rangers and Celtic before Hearts were even in the league. But um, one thing I would I would probably ask you, um, it was quite a close vote to have B teams in uh, for the second season. And ultimately, Thomas, it was your decision. Um, it kind of fell on you as chairman of the league. Um, was it a difficult decision? How did you kind of decide? Um, did you just go with what your club wanted, or um, what were the factors into to admitting B teams in for this season? This, this for the current season. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, the the casting vote I had was was casting was was casting vote, uh, and that was based on the board's position. The board was at that point was unanimous that B teams were were positive and should be readmitted. 
So it was quite clear. I've always been supportive of B teams being in the league. Uh, so it was mm-hmm. it was pretty clear that you know that, that was the, the decision I was going to go with. Was there any sort of concerns, perhaps, if the, the one of the B teams had, had won the league, maybe some opposition uh, from perhaps the Highland or the, the SPFL? No, the, the, the rules were written um, for the for the playoffs. The, the rules were written and they were agreed by the SPFL and the SFA. Uh, so any challenge to... This is where I think people are confused about, you know, this... There's always this talk about legal challenge. Any challenge would not be to club the, the Lowland League or to the club uh, that won the league, it would be a challenge to the SFA because the SFA has sanctioned these rules and as the government right. worry, any challenge would be need to made against them and uh, that that wasn't going to happen. We, you know, we were never concerned about that and given the fact that we had uh, discussions, lengthy discussions with the SPFL's lawyer prior to the rules being agreed and signed up, we had no, no worries at all that that was going to happen. Obviously, the B team's coming into the league, there was, there was some rules that were kind of set out um, well, perceived rules perhaps um, of them joining. I think one of them around kind of how many times a player could play for the, the first teams, for example. Was that something that is set in stone, or was that something that was kind of more of a, a kind of friendly agreement between the clubs? Was a what can you tell us about that? Yeah, each each B team signs up to a participation agreement, which is a document which which confirms all the rules and regulations about B teams in the league. And that confirms how many how, the ages of the players, how many of them must represent, be able to be eligible to represent Scotland in a starting eleven. how many have to be rep, eligible to represent Scotland from the, 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 the day squad, from that squad on the day. And uh, th- there is a rule in there that says if they, if they play five times, five times for the first team, they're, they're no longer eligible to, to play for the B team. But that resets itself in line with transfer windows. So when a transfer window opens, that resets back to zero, so the player can return to the B team at that stage. But there is a there is a, a document that's called a participation agreement, which confirms all the rules around um, the B team's involvement in the league. Right, I I, I did wonder that because someone had brought <coughs> up something like that, Thomas. Like maybe at the start of the, I think the the words were different. It wasn't really transfer window. It was like start of the the year, basically, which uh, confused me because you know someone like Leon King, for example, had played. More than you know, I think he had more than ten senior appearances a season, and then uh, obviously played after after the new year. And I was kind of confused of whether he could play, um, you know, next season for a wee bit, or would they have to wait till January? But obviously, the transfer window thing makes sense um, because it would be a different transfer window. Yeah, so yeah, I was a wee bit unclear unclear about that. Um, yeah, I checked the rules actually, and I I, I can't remember anything. I might be misremembering this, but um, I don't remember anything being written wrote down actually in the league rules so um I was wondering if they had been cleared or if they weren't actually wrote down in the in the league rules at all but I might just might be misremembering uh, whether that was actually they're, they're, not, they're not in the league rules they're in the participation agreement which is a confidential document that obviously covers all the financial right, okay. as well but right. there is a, a participation agreement that all clubs sign up to in terms you mentioned the finances I could a good topic to, to move on to I believe there's there's entry fees for the clubs that, that come in, the, the B teams and how how's that money spent across the league? Yeah, <clears throat> that's one of the points I wanted to raise. I mean there's lots of stuff posted online that the lower leagues holding £120,000. Uh that's totally untrue. Every club this season has been paid seven and a half thousand pounds by the league. It's a participation fee. So that time sixteen have placed hundred and twenty thousand pounds. So every club has, has been has received full payment of that. 
in terms of of obviously next season, is that is that going to be the same the same fee per year, or is that just a one off fee that we're given? That that that's a season fee. So next season the fee will probably be the same. And are we shared amongst the clubs, or is there intentions for that money to be spent the same? Or? Well, well, it'll be shared. The, the clubs will benefit whether that's them receiving a direct payment or whether it's a case of we just get the SFA to pay the referees and we pay the referees each month. The clubs will get the benefit, the full benefit of that, because ultimately a referee's cost for the season of the cost is about 150000 130000 anyway. So I guess moving on to, to next next season as it would be, there's, there's been a vote, I gather, um, to allow them back in for next season. How did that vote go, firstly? That vote was 10-5 in favour of having them in again. 10-5 in favour, and, and do, we, do we know the clubs involved in that? Is that something we can, we can, we can find out? Private yeah. vote. Uh, oh, okay. Only, only the league secretary knows who, who voted for what. Right, okay. And obviously, obviously, we don't want to anticipate a, a witch hunt against any clubs, obviously, because we have seen, you know, what Twitter's like, obviously, Thomas and whatnot. Eh? So I wouldn't even reveal that if, if we did know, obviously. Um, I just I guess, some, obviously, some clubs have obviously commented themselves in publicly uh, yep. said that they fired a back tower, they haven't. So we just wasn't sure if it was a, something that was in the public domain or not, but that's cool. Just. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's a fair point. You know, pe- people clubs have made their position clear, and they get respected for that by online. If a club was to go off and say they voted for it, they would not get shown any respect. They would be slaughtered, and I'm, I've no surprise that, that clubs have avoided that. Um, yeah. uh, and certainly, I think that, that I think that this, 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 these these kind of things bring out the worst on social media and the yeah. individuals. I I had a, bit, a wee bit of a different perspective on the the B team vote this year uh, especially because we'll probably get into almost immediately after but obviously the conference league uh been much talked about do you think some of these clubs voted yes for the b teams to delay the conference league for a season and it what would that have delayed the has that delayed the the the, the introduction of conference league for next season um at tier five well i think what was clear is that the conference was coming uh, mm-hmm. again there's lots of stuff being written about online and people's views the conference was coming whether the Tier 5, 6 leagues wanted it or not. This was part yeah. of a review that was carried out by the SFA. There were three options in that review. The only option that would get support of the SPFL was option three, which was the conference. So the other two were ruled out because the SFA, sorry, the SPFL would not be able to get them through their members. The, the other two options included an SPFL 3 with 12 teams and an expanded SPFL 2. Now, our league's position was we would we would prefer an expanded SPFL2 and additional six teams. However, the SPFL made it clear when we met as a PWG that they would not be able to get that through the members. So the only option on the table was option three, which was the conference. So there was lots of questions about how the conference will make up, when will it start, what will the entry criteria be? And that's 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 what's been discussed in the last few weeks. So it was also made clear that the S- the SFA was not supportive of introducing a conference in 23-24, neither was the Lowland or the Highland League, on the basis that we were going to have to, what, what was at stake at the end of the season should be known at the start of the season. So clubs should not be playing in three weeks before the end of the season, says, OK, everything's changed, there's now a new conference on the table yeah, uh, and you know that that so if you can finish in the top four, you have a chance of going into this conference. That that was not acceptable to anybody. So, the 
24, 25, in our response to the uh, to the pyramid review, we, we suggested it should be almost appropriate for season 24, 25. So they're starting next season. Everybody knows what's at stake and what they're playing for. And that also would include uh, next season, for instance, you know, again, a lot of confusion there, but next season, the playoff will still happen as normal. So the Highland Dolan League will still play off and play off against Club 42. If Club 42 is relegated, they will be relegated into a new conference. So it's not going to block the playoff for next season. So we were supportive of that. And we were also aware of, by by voting to, sorry, by making a position that's 24-25, one of the consequences of that vote was beating somewhere to play. They've now got three B teams and... It's clear there'll be maybe four, you know, there'll be maybe four next season or the season after. Yeah. There'll be four yeah. B teams. At the minute, there's three B teams. For next season, there will be three B teams. There's not a fourth, there's, no, there's not a fourth coming into the Lone League. There's not a fourth one in the Island League. There's three B teams. And that's yeah. all there is. Yeah, yeah. I have I have heard that as well, Thomas, that people are quite, because obviously Aberdeen were mentioned and uh, people were asking, do we know how many B teams? And I was... Oh, I kind of was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the same. I, I couldn't imagine Aberdeen coming down and playing in the Lone League for a year and then jumping yeah. into a conference league. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah just the three. Yep. Um, I think uh, going on to that, obviously, I think people will be interested in how uh, the process kind of seemed quick from behind the scenes. I mean, how involved um, were your, was yourself and the Lone League in the Pyramid Review or was it kind of sprung up by the SFA? Kind of, It did seem like it happened very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously the review was launched and announced in June, July last year. Yeah. And there was a, at that point, there was a pyramid, one pyramid working group after that, and all leagues were then asked to submit their written proposals and the submissions. To uh, uh, I know certainly we, we submitted a, a three or four page document about the, the pyramid, and that went into the, the SFA. Uh, I'm pretty sure other leagues would have taken the opportunity to make their position clear as well. Then early or early in March, sort of late February. So in January we were told that the review would be and it would be out at the end of February again in March. The review came out early in March and all leagues were represented at a meeting in Hamden in early March to discuss the what the pyramid review had. And at that meeting there was no, no there was nobody speaking out against B teams in the pyramid. There was no nobody saying that they shouldn't be there. Everybody was agreed that they should be there and had some should have somewhere to play. From that, everybody was away to go. Everybody was asked to go back to, to discuss with their clubs and feedback to the conference proposal. So we felt that we still didn't have enough information. So we had a, a vote at a general meeting, which was an indicative vote about keeping B teams. People, people again have said, you know, that was about keeping B teams and that was about a green light given to. B teams in the Lowland League and we support the conference. That vote was to allow us to go forward to a further discussion with the SFA and the SPFL around the conference. Nothing else. It was purely for us to go away and get all the information we needed for our clubs. And again, I've seen you know I've seen again stuff written at that time. People saying that people at clubs had no idea what was going on. This was after the vote had happened, uh, and and the Lowland League board had not provided clubs with information. Uh, and again, just just to make the point and. To put on record that the Lowland League board provided clubs with all the information we had available, which included the pr proposal from the pyramid review document, it included the presentation that was given to the PWG, 
included a discussion paper for the Lower League Board and a presentation. So uh, if clubs, if people at clubs say that they're not hearing that from their boards and need to speak to their boards because it's a board, it's a Lower League Board, we provided all that information to clubs to share, to assist them, to have discussions as a, as a board to come to make a vote. So after the uh, clubs submitted a we submitted a written response to the, the review on the 17th of March. That was the deadline. We submitted it by that day. I understand most leagues did as well. Uh, I don't know what each league said, but I know certainly we submitted it. And there was a follow-up meeting between the Lowland League, the Highland League, the SPFL and the SFA to discuss the details of a conference and when that could happen. And again, I've seen stuff in that says, oh, the Highland League, have never, they've not commented, they've not been informed or involved. They have been, they've been involved the same way we have. It's been a very open process. Uh, and I've also seen, you know, people have said that this, this conference system is something that the SFA want to rush in for next season. The SFA have made it clear they, they think it should be 24-25. And again, what, what we've been told is that it's SPFL League 2 clubs who want this put in for next season. Not, not, not the SPFL as a whole, but the League 2 clubs are supportive of this and say it should come in next season. That's what we've been told. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because obviously there's a, a bit of a safety net for them, um, plus I think parachute payments and whatnot as well. But um, so why, why, you know, if you're, you're you're kind of saying that the SFA wanted it in for, you know, 2024-25, why have the B team vote in the first place in the Lone League, uh, in a sense? Why, um, you know, it, it came across, I think, as almost, uh, you know, the SFA, you know, it's been commented, obviously, Shire have basically saying that um, the conference league seems forced on us, I think was their words, obviously. Um, why even have a B team vote and just, uh, if that, was that always going to happen without the, the conference league is what I'm saying, basically? Um, because it did, it did seem like these were intertwined, if that makes sense. If it was just going to be 20 from, you know, the following season and the B teams would have a place, um you know, why have a vote in the first place for them to have it be in the loan league, if that makes sense? Because our, our rule state that it has to be voted on each year. To have right, okay. Teams. So that is so a rule. That, that, that has that to be, right. Yeah, B teams have to be voted on each season. So nothing so to do with the SFA or... No, okay. That makes sense, right? Okay. No. The, the board's position wasn't, to be clear, the board uh, from the board's perspective, was that it should start in 24-25 because yeah. that was the fairest way for everybody. And obviously the consequence of that meant that we had to find some of the B teams to play. Mm -hmm. So it was a case of, uh, and it was also, you know, I'm pretty sure if we said we're not taking B teams, then I'm pretty sure the SPFL would push hard with the SFA to, 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 get, try through it, this. Or yeah. to get it through for the next season. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what appeared to, well, to me and many others, obviously, it did feel like um, the B teams had to be in the loan league next season or the Conference League was coming, basically, as you mentioned, it's coming anyway, but uh, to me, it feels like it's delayed the, the you know, the proposed uh, conference league. I think what something that really ties in with that, um, I'm guessing there'll be more opportunities for tier, well, I don't know what to call them, uh, but the tier, the tiers below uh, the Holland League, um, I guess there's going to be more chance of promotion for them this season. The conference league comes if there's, we're losing obviously Lowland Island League teams to the, uh, the conference. But is there, um, is there any new vote planned on the promotion relegation from from uh, from tier six into tier five, or potentially tier seven into tier six? But um, have you got any? Is there any plans of what to, to look at that again? Obviously, it's been voted on and 
um, previously. Yeah, just, just to go back to, to the point about the conference, you, you, you talked about a delayed start. So mm-hmm. if, if it started next season, it would be, a, be an SPFL conference. They would obviously manage it and, and be responsible for who goes into it. For right. 24-25, we have a, it's a position where it will be the, the top X number of clubs that have the right criteria. Uh, and again, that should be fair as well. That gives clubs uh, in the Lowland and the Highland League time to prepare to, to be with to, to meet that criteria, which may include some might need to adjust club like standards and stuff. So again, it would be unfair to expect clubs to do that in four weeks. Uh, so I think that that's that's part of the decision. But look, looking ahead, obviously, if, if we lose three, four, five teams next season, uh, it will be they 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 will have to be filled. Uh, vacancies will need to be filled, so we will bring forward uh, proposals for this AGM, which will see more promotion into the Highland League, uh, sorry, into the Lowland League, for at the end of next season. So uh, as things stand, and one, one other thing just about the conference, which I don't think has been made clear or people don't understand, is that if it was a 23-24 conference, it would be made up of eight teams. So yeah. that would be three B teams and one of the Highland League teams and four Lowland League teams. So again, our our proposal to clubs was that I don't think clubs would see an eight-team conference as an attractive proposition. No, no. Playing each other maybe four times over the season. In 24-25, it will start off with 10 teams. So there could potentially be Club 42 goes in there if they get relegated and one of the Highland or Lowland champions goes up. So the Highland League will take two places in that and there will be four big teams at that time. That's the numbers we've been given just now. So that means that if we we will potentially have four teams moving out to the Lowland League next season, either all into the conference or one to SPFL, two and three to the conference. So we as a board need to now come up with what promotion looks like at the end of next season to the league. And I think the famous ways that that's the three champion clubs come up. Yeah. And again, there's still an anomaly about... Uh, Clubs coming down that still to be confirmed. I mean, the proposal is that the in 24 25, the end of that season, the, the Lowland League champion and Highland League champion will continue to play off with the winner of the playoff going automatically into the conference and the runner up playing off against the second bottom club, eligible club in the conference for another spot to potentially come down. So that, that that's where we are with that. So, yeah, so we, we will bring forward plans to increase the number of clubs coming up to the Lowland League for one season only next season and I know your second question there is about the uh, ongoing ventilation now, you, I, think, I think I spoke to you guys maybe last year, the year before yeah. the, the Lowland League clubs voted on this and it was a 9-7 vote against and again that vote came around because the board pushed that vote, it wasn't clubs that came up with that, it was a board that led that discussion yeah. and put forward a proposal to the clubs to vote on it and it was voted down 9-7 and on the night, two clubs put forward a caveat that that should not come back to the table until there's automatic promotion for our champion. Yep. We believe that with the introduction of the conference and, and how that's going to play out, that delivers what the clubs wanted. It will give more ventilation at the top of the league, so therefore the clubs clubs have committed to opening up more at the bottom. So that will be something that we will take forward uh, over the course of next season with the clubs to look at what relegation looks like uh, after next season. On, on, a, on a yearly basis, how, how it's going to shape up. Just, just to point out, the board are fully committed that there should be more ventilation throughout the whole payment. Okay. Uh, I mean, but doesn't that really hamper your argument, though, in a sense? Because if you're saying we're, we're not going to 
allow for more promotion into our league until we have automatic promotion to League Two. It's kind of like, well, they're not giving us what we want. We're not going to give you know teams lower um, down the divisions what they want either. So it 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 does seem like it hampers the the argument really because you're not sort of. I mean, it's different, obviously, if with the Conference League, if you are going to be promoting, you know, maybe possibly all three champions. Uh, um, but how does that how does that go on um, after after the the Conference League set up? I mean, are we going to still be at? Are we going to go back to sixteen teams, for example? Yeah, well, well, as part as the lower league rule state have to be a sixteen team league. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, and and we, we've we've we have. At one of the PWGs, the one at Hamden, uh, we says to the, the SFA that we wanted to bring forward proposals as to how we could invigorate the lower part of the pyramid and they, they'd be keen to see them and, and they've committed to, to want to see that over the course of the season. Right. So we will continue to look at how we can invigorate the lower part of the pyramid, which is tier five, current tier five down the way, uh, to, to make it better. And in terms of the argument, I, I agree, but as a member's organisation, that's the club's voted against what... You know, I would have preferred it to have gone different, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we can only go with the members. You know, like any other league, it's a member organisation. It's up to members to decide. Hundred uh, percent. Ben, you've not really spoken yeah, a while. Obviously, you're from the the yeah. west. So yeah. As you mentioned there, obviously about the commitment to, to improving the, the lower parts of the uh, the tiers within uh, Scottish football. What what actually needs to improve there? Because where do you see it? For example, in the west and the east, that there is the multiple promotion positions within the different tiers. They obviously for for us obviously my, my involvement is from a West perspective and, and we always feel the bottleneck is between tier six and tier five as it is and now obviously the conference coming in is going to step that back a bit and we'll become probably tier seven uh, and tier six respectively. So what what actually can be improved because I think that the, the West and the East and certainly the South are, are doing their bit and they're kinda of having to be controlled by like this playoff sort of situation. I think that's one of the things that we could improve is to try and remove playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and how, how do we get to that? So, you know, I mean, the, the Lowland League is the only league uh, that's currently restricted by numbers within our rules. So the higher the high league seems to have, a, have no restrictions on numbers. So we need to look at what the numbers are in these leagues. Could these leagues be increased in numbers? Could you then bring in more teams to increase the numbers? teams in, in, in the Lowland League, for instance, could that go to two divisions in East and the West and they play each other half the season in, in their in their regionalised conference uh, leagues and then the top six, as well the top five and the bottom five create a, a new division for the second part of the season, which comes with automatic promotion for the teams below. Uh, so, so there's various things that could be looked to try and make it a bit more uh, invig- invigorate it a little bit. But that's certainly uh, that, the, the power of the, the Lowland League and the Highland League, I guess. Mm-hmm. For, in my opinion, anyway, certainly a few I just mentioned there about the the teams in the in the the Lone league, for example, having to vote. And I understand there's a, a member a member organisation. I totally get that. But for me, it just feels a bit like the the Lone league teams are kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit a lot uh, a lot of time. One of the things that sticks out for me as well is he, if you if you're at the bottom end of the Lone league, certainly and. You're, you're travelling then to get back up if you do get relegated. Say, for example, we're going to see they'll be to get relegated this year. They're going to go to the south. They, their, their chance of getting promoted back up becomes much, much harder. The, the teams not see that as a, as a situation for them. Are they just all about wanting to try and stay in the lower league as, as much as they can? 
So do you see the chance of getting rid of promoted again or harder? So he says. Yeah, it becomes I mean it becomes different more difficult if you then have to go in stands <coughs> currently if you if you are a, a Delby and they're gonna to go to the South this year, for them to get up, they've got to win the league and they've got to be either a West or an East team in that playoff. If if there was a automatic champion going in, then they only need to win essentially the South the South of Scotland League. The, the, the clubs must see that as a, a, a much more difficult challenge to get back up. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and we've had the same discussion about SPFL. You know, Club 42 must realise that an automatic relegation would make it easier for them to return to the SPFL at some point if, if you know, by removing playoffs. And I think clubs, uh, and I think clubs, the only clubs have said that they won't, won't, they won't vote for that until they get more movement at the top of our league. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be various arguments for and against that. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like you've got, uh, you've got to kind of look after your own house, I think, a lot of time for me. And it feels like the, the clubs aren't are wanting to do that. Well, I think that's probably <clears throat> to get everything across Scottish football. You know, I mean, you've got, and not just Scottish football, life in general, you know, you've got a group of clubs who are there. So why should they change? There was no commitment for anything to change when the pyramid expanded. You know, so so you, some people will say, why should we change? Just because suddenly there's a, an influx of clubs below that want change doesn't mean it should happen. Yeah. But it's trying to get everybody to the right page to make it happen to the benefit of Scottish football. And it's a, <clears throat> in the longer term, how do you get SPFL clubs to to, to vote the same way, to, to have an automatic from their, comp, their leagues? And, and how often do these... Obviously, there there is obviously talks between the, the between the leagues, um, you know, from the low on down. But how how often do these talks take place, and how, how productive are they? Are they just you know a general news bulletin, or do or do we have these sort of talks that we're having now between the clubs in the the lowland, the east, the south, the west? The, the lowland league we meet with the east, west, and south once every eight to ten weeks, probably, right. uh, to discuss things. Uh, and we chat regularly with the Highland League park at the end of the season we'll meet with the Highland League. But we, yeah, we'll, we'll meet one every eight to ten weeks. They, they normally tie in with the South Challenge Cup committee meeting as well. Is there any sort of concerns, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff we do see on social media, of, um, for example, obviously Galley Braves and, and Shire put out statements and, and whatnot con- considering this, and obviously in the past, you know, the South of Scotland, the West and whoever else have... I've had their say about B teams and whatever else, but are you get are you getting told this, Thomas? Are you getting told these concerns by the appropriate people from the clubs or the leagues, or or is it is it more of a sort of you know we'll, we'll you know we'll tweet it on social media rather than actually have these chats with uh, with a lone league? Well, as, as I says at the, at the pyramid working group meeting, no leagues put forward an objection to B teams being in the pyramid. So from that perspective. We assume that people assume you know you make an assumption from that that leagues are happy with B teams being in the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Might not be happy where they are, but certainly teams are ha- leagues are happy with them being there. Interesting. I, I'm I'm always interested in dialogue. Obviously, um, you know, because um, that's kind of what we promote. Obviously, we don't always agree with with everything that's going on or whatever. But um, yeah, it is what it is. One thing that um that did interest me, Thomas. I, I, Kind of something you said earlier. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's to do with uh, SFA licensing for the Conference League. You said that teams have to clubs might have to get up to par with the the rules. Um, 
do you know if that's something that's been looked at? Um, is there going to be new uh, SFA license conditions for clubs, or is it just something for the Conference League uh, that you know of, or per perhaps you could shed light on? Well, I mean, obviously, the SPFL current for SPFL League Two currently, it's uh, uh, an entry level license with an increased uh, improvement to floodlights to three hundred bucks. Right. I imagine this will be the same. Right. Okay. Uh, that that's what it will be. Uh, and I think one one thing you know, you've touched on a good point now. You know about uh, one one thing we do know is that we know for certain is that the SPFL are looking at ways to to enhance their membership criteria. You know, which will have impact on clubs at this level uh, from, from as soon as they get that approved to going forward. You know, yeah, we, we don't know what that we don't know what that proposals are. We've not seen the proposals. All, all we know is that they have a subgroup looking at entry level entry criteria for SPFL, uh, and we're also aware that there's there's an ongoing SFA licensing review as well. But what, what does the licensing look like? Right. Because that, that, I mean, I wouldn't obviously concern me at the moment, but certainly you do kind of, you know, for the Lowland League, obviously, and the Highland League, all clubs have to be licensed uh, anyway. But obviously, if you're, you know, at the moment, we've got Beef Juniors, for example, that aren't licensed in the West. Um, they're they're having issues with their license as, as quoted because they don't own their ground. And then I think, I'm not sure about Cretown, but I, I did hear rumours that they might be, you know, seeking some 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 former licence to, to have the chance of playing the... The, the playoff against the Lafgaros. Um, have you heard, heard anything about that uh, at all? I take it at the moment. Um, at, at the moment, as it stands, are the Rose going to be, uh, you know, obviously, if they, have they actually won the league? I can't, can't remember. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, I, I take it they would go straight up at, as it stands because they're the there will, there, will be a, there will be a playoff this season. Whether it's a two-way playoff or a three-way playoff is still to be decided. Obviously, that right. will depend on the winner off the, the West. But Creetown have been granted a waiver to play in the playoffs right. against the East champion, assuming they win South, and, and that's that's a waiver that the, the Lowland League board can can grant clubs who meet the licensing criteria but as yet don't have the license. Obviously, the way the way licenses are granted by the SFA is there's a process to go through that's involved an audit with the licensing board. The licensing officer goes out and inspects the ground, and he reports back to the, to the licensing committee. At that point, the SFA board is notified that the club meets all the criteria, but they do not get granted membership until after the SFA AGM. So, Creetown, do, we, we've been told by the licensing board, the licensing committee rather, that Creetown meet all the requirements for licensing. Right. So, on the basis that there should be no objection to them receiving a license, there's a waiver granted for them to go into the playoff. And just, just for some context on that, that wafer was also granted to Bonnard and Rhodes when, before they came up. Yeah. So it's yeah. not something that's just been invented or something new. It's something that's always been there. So the draw was done. That the general meeting on Monday night, the draw was done for the playoffs. Based around two, we did, we did two draws. We did our based on three clubs and two clubs. So, right. so the playoffs will take place. Yeah. Uh, with all respect to, obviously, Lockhart, Fissel and Abbey Vale, uh, Creetown are just top of the league of the South. That's why I used them as, a, as an example. So... Um, just go, yeah, before we move on, Chris, I just want to come back to that that waiver that I'm interested in that that topic. Was that not something that you could have been considered for, for example, for Beeth, given their their current situation and the difficulties they're having with their ground? I'm sure Beeth as a club could have have met the majority of the licensing criteria. Uh, however, they've got that little bit of problem around planning permission around their ground. Is that not something that could have been considered and waived just to allow them to play that playoff and perhaps see if they can resolve that issue over the summer? 
we would need a, a confirmation from the licensing committee that they would get licensed. We don't have that for Beath because they're, they're not at the same stage. And is that not something the SFA would consider, do you think? That would be a lot for the SFA. I don't think the SFA, you know, I don't think the, the, the licensing is pretty black and white. You know, there's not yep. kind of, it's, it's quite black and white. You have to have this. If you don't have that, then you don't get licensed. And given yeah. that we're talking about playoffs taking place in six, seven weeks, I'd be very surprised if they managed to resolve the issues that they seem to have in that period. Yeah, I think the fundamental issue, obviously, one of the biggest things is uh, with license, obviously, floodlights. And I do believe it's, you know, beef's on, on their ground, so it's very difficult for them to, to uh, you know, to get floodlights in or whatever. So I think that is, that's probably the main the main thing there. Um, but, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I, obviously, you mentioned Bonnie Rig, they were kind of given what we like to call dispensation to, to come into the Long League. But, um, obviously, a bit of a different scenario. Bonnie Rig were the team... Uh, potentially coming up, whereas now it's kind of who's going to be in a playoff rather than who's going to come straight up, uh, some, similar to obviously Bonnie Rigg and, and Bonish United. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's much else, Ben. Is there anything you kind of want to sort of cover with Thomas? I've realised we've probably had you on a wee bit longer than expected, Thomas. The, the only other thing I'm, I'm interested in, perhaps, and this is maybe one, and also we have the South Challenge Cup, I'm moving away from the league kind of competition. Do you see a, a potential for a, a national non-league competition? Maybe perhaps like replacing something like the South Challenge Cup where there's Highland League and Lowland League teams or Lowland League level teams involved uh, as well as obviously tiers um, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I guess. Is that something that, that you're open to as a, as a league and as a, I can I guess, a cup committee? This, 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 this idea of a, a, a tier 5 national league has been discussed uh, a few times in the last 12 months. And it's been rejected by the Lowland League and the Highland League and the teams in the Highlands. They're not interested in it. Uh, the Lowland League, our position is that it would cause potential for finisher issues. And we understand that the Tier 6 leagues were looking at a, a national conf, a national cup. It does, I think it already exists in this level with the South Challenge yeah. Cup. Yeah. So I think do we need to recreate the wheel. We've got something that exists that works. Uh, do we need to create another cup competition with one that's there? No, the, like the teams north of Fife have said that they're not interested in it. Uh, full stop. No, it just looks like some of them play in the, in the Junior Cup already. and uh, I think we can go back historically and talk about the Junior Cup and how, how good a competition it was. And I think you see now it's probably getting a little bit kind of devalued a little bit in the South Challenge Cup. You see it does feel like you kinda, the, the kind of Premier competition within the... Um, Within the this, this this territory, I guess, but I think I think fans certainly have an appetite for for that. It disappoints me to hear that the clubs themselves and certainly the Highland or North of Fife are, are not really not really keen on that because I think we could get get to a point where that competition would be great for all levels of football. I think it would, would capture a lot of people's kind of interest. You see it with kind of the lights of the or the old Johnston Paint LDV vans trophy that was down in England. I think that's always looked like a great competition. You see it on TV and stuff like that, but it's a shame that they, they don't really want to entertain it. The reality for some clubs is travel. You know, would, why would the Highland League want to take part in a national competition? That could end up having them to travel to Dumfries and potentially in a midweek, depending on fixturing. And uh, it just, it's just not feasible for them. And I can understand that. And I'm sure there'll be teams in the world that don't want to travel to the Highlands in midweeks either. For 
Yeah, it's understandable, obviously, because we do have these situations come up, uh, and you know, obviously in the Scottish Cup and stuff like that, and it's it, it can be a bit of a nightmare if there's a replay or, or for you know, for whatever reason, the clubs have to spend money to for guys to stay over in hotels and whatnot. Um, you know, just back to football, Thomas. How you know you kind of mentioned how the seasons went. What um, I, I know you've not had the chance to to look at um, my teams of the season. I had to do t- two teams because it's been that you know. Um, such a, an exciting league, obviously with B team players as well. I don't, I don't discount them as well. So, um, is there anyone? Obviously, I don't want you to show favoritism as the chairperson of the league. But um, is there any sort of players that come to mind that, that you've been personally impressed with, um, even at Gala, obviously, or or uh, any other club? I think I think there's, there's players in all clubs who who've impressed. Uh... You know, every club has got a good bunch of players, uh, talented players. Uh, so I think it'd be unfair to pick out any individuals. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. I'll give you that. <laughs> that's a tall, that's a tall bench you're sitting on there, Thomas. That's a, that's <laughs> a yeah, but I think, I think uh, all clubs that are, are continue to improve uh, on and off the park, not just in playing, but I think all clubs are improving off the park, which is just as important. Uh, and, and certainly, I think next season's league uh, will be interesting, given the potential what's at stake at the end of the season. Yeah. In, t- in terms of that, I'm just going to going back to that. That talking about what's ex- ex- stake, at stake for the end of the and the end of the next season. When do you expect to, you know, some of these kind of votes and things like that to take place? Do you expect them to take place you know, soon, or is it kind of far down the line in that? The votes for what? Sorry. Well, like for example, the expanded promotion. Um, that we talked about earlier on, or the fact that you're going to have teams going into the conference league, so there's going to be spaces created. When there's all that, do you think going to take place to, to ratify well, that? They will need to be on AGM at the end of May because obviously clubs will need to know what's at stake. Um, yeah, and also the clubs, the the, the leagues will need to prepare because if they are going to lose all their champions rather than just one, you know, potentially they need to expand relegation from their conference to, to keep their numbers how they need to be. So we, we will uh, bring forward proposals to go to the AGM in May. And again, you know, uh, but again, we'd just uh, to be clear on that, you know, we discussed that uh, Monday night, you know, it's pretty clear that if we've got three vacancies, bring up the three highest-placed teams with uh, licences from east, west and south. Yep. Now, if we have a fourth, how do we, how do we resolve that? Do we have a play-off for the second-highest places in these conference uh, leagues to, to take up the fourth spot? That would be the fairest way that clubs get their own merit. Uh, these are the things that we just need to work out the final detail off and document them for clubs from the AGM. But obviously, we, we, will, we, will, we, will dis- we will discuss that with East West and South as well, so that they're fully aware as to what the proposals look like. Final question then for me, then, in terms of the, the Lone League. Let's look, at, let's look ahead. Um, where do you see the Lone League, say, three, five years' time? What do you think it'll be in Warby League? Well, I think it'll, I think it'll look different. It'll have different members in it. Uh, I'm sure it will have more. I'm sure it will have more current SPFL members in it because uh, yeah. even with a conference, you know, with that, with with the conference comes automatic relegation for the, the bottom club in the conference. So I'm pretty sure in that time we will see two or three SPFL clubs end in the lower league within five to six years. We will see more clubs coming up from below as well, and I think in, in five years' time the lower league will look very different. But I think it will continue to be competitive uh, and an interesting league. I agree, actually. I mean, we, we often 
talk about teams, you know, the word ambitious clubs or whatever coming from the tiers below. But I think you're right. I think we will have a lot more SPFL clubs coming down as well. We, you know, we've obviously seen it. Uh, East Stirlingshire, Berwick, um, obviously this season, uh, Ken Beef. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a interesting. Obviously, you had the mix in there with, uh, I assume, the West of Scotland teams coming into the league as well. Uh, plenty of East of Scotland class East of Scotland outfits as well. So, yeah, it does make for an interesting league. And I think, as you mentioned, Thomas, I think this has probably one of, been one of the most exciting seasons, I would say, of the Lowland League, certainly, um, given that, you know, no one's ran away with it. Spartans have, you know, they went on a, I think, an 18 unbeaten run. Uh, and we've seen that in the past. I think Bonnie Rigg had 18 unbeaten last season, then Kelly Hart's 21. And it's always these these mad runs that clubs go on to to win the league. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited for the Lone League next year, obviously, and uh, to see how things pan out. Um, as I said, I think we've been more focused on football this season, Ben, which has been, a, I guess, a stress reliever, Thomas. I guess maybe for yourself as well, that there's not been as many uh, issues raised throughout the season, other than obviously towards the end with the, the Conference League and um, and whatnot. So I, I think it's been a really great season. Yeah, I think as you know, and obviously you're, you're seeing the uh, last week, we announced a partnership to continue with United to prevent suicide yep. for the League Cup, which kicks off this week. So uh, that's an exciting thing as well for us. And, and you know, we, we'd like to work with uh, FC United to on that. Uh, and I, th- I think you know, I was at, at games yesterday there was there was cards and leaflets and posters all about mental health and where to get help and stuff as right. part of that. So I think that, that that's beneficial as well. And something something I think we should need to support every year. You know, definitely. I think that's a, a good note to end on. I can certainly echo those statements. So just to round up, Thomas, thanks for joining us. Um, it's always good to have you on, and it's good to get some insight into what's been happening in the low league. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll cut and uh, digest everything you've said and, and talk about it. And everyone will enjoy um, listening. I hope. Uh, but thanks again for for coming on. I'm sure we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thomas. Thank you. Cheers, Thomas. Cheers. Bye bye. Uh, that was uh, Thomas Brown there, the the lonely chairman on there, just to discuss a bit about uh, some of the stuff that, that will be happening or has happened over the the last year and, and coming ahead. Chris, um, we talked to Thomas there for about forty five minutes. What's your initial thoughts on, on some of the stuff that we've seen? You know, I always feel uh, when we have Tom, Thomas on, it always feels like there's a negativity about it uh, simply because of the divisiveness of the issues. But um, Thomas, you know, I think he's he's an honest guy. And a lot of the things that people maybe kind of look at and, you know, blame the league for Thomas, maybe I think sometimes he has a perception of taking it personally when we, we know he, he said, before, for example, the, the relegation, what he said, you know, along the lines of like, oh, if, I, if it was me, I would, you know, I would have done it differently. And I think that's important to remember it because I, I did see the same with George uh, Fraser when he was the chairperson. A lot of, you know, it was kind of a wee bit different, obviously, because it was initially George with the, the B team's idea. But um, yeah, you've got to remember that as a member's, you know, clubs have their say. Um, I think a lot of what was said was was interesting. A, a lot, believe it or not, um, not a lot of stuff in there that we didn't really already know, apart from maybe the the wafer thing. Obviously, uh, I think what's news news to me. Uh, we I think we called it dispensation, but yep. obviously it is a rule uh, to give to give uh, you know uh, create, potentially create down obviously in the south to uh, a spot in the playoff. But 
Yeah, it, it was interesting, really. The, the number of teams in the conference seems to change, you know, from 10 to 12. Um, now it's, I've heard, 8 now. and it's uh, Yeah, so there, there's a lot of misinformation there. And, uh, fair play to Thomas, he's always, you know, keen to come on and, and throw that away. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's been a weird one, Ben, in a sense that because the conference, um, we can see that there's a lot of clubs unhappy with this conference and we know it's probably not what people want, um, but we can't stop it. It's not like there's any anything that we can really do or clubs can do. Um, it looks like League Two have obviously gave in to the, uh, the idea of the, the protection of you know, being relegated straight to the Highlander Lowland, um, not putting the blame all on them, obviously, but certainly it has been agreed that, you know, that that's going to happen either way. I just hope there's more chat. And from what Thomas was saying, it's promising that, you know, that even with the conference league coming in, um, it would be good next season or certainly the end of next season to see um, the three champions of the, the East, the South and the West be promoted to Lowland and to Cup places that they deserve more promotion from tier six, I guess, potentially tier seven. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a good thing uh, in the long run, but yeah, I mean, it was a good chat. I, I'm surprised we actually had him on for as long. I think that's the longest we've had Thomas on to be fair, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I guess that's my initial thoughts of the, the whole conversation. Um, ben. Yeah. I think the thing that stands out for me is that, that we, it looks like that increased promotion is going to come, um, to the, the certainly to the Lone League, at least for one season. That that's that's a step in the right direction. I understand the conferences and the the kind of divisiveness around them, and, and but like you said, the B teams I think ultimately are here to stay. I think we've got to accept that uh, as a football community. Um, you can be against them all you want. I mean, you're allowed to, you're allowed to be like that. I, I don't have an issue with someone being against it, but I think we, we need to understand that that's happening and, and use that to our benefit and try and get to a position where the league and the pyramid is in a better place. Now, the conference, for me personally, don't like it. don't think it's the right way forward. I think uh, what we have just now is probably the, the right way forward. A personal view, I would like to see maybe like a lowland league uh, East alone, League West. Tom's kind of unfair to that as possible, maybe down the line. And I think, I think that makes sense. Like um, with perhaps East and West licensed clubs being involved, I think that would be a, a good step in the right direction for, uh, for me personally. I think I, that's that's my own view. But if we can get to the point at least we we see some teams like so next season automatic promotion for your champion club, um, that's. That's going to be a good thing, absolutely. Uh, the league, the the member clubs in the lone league, I think, have to do the right thing next next time around when they vote on that on a on a more regular basis. I think if if they do that, if they vote against it again, uh, that's for me seems like a it seems like the, I guess the last chance because I've had opportunities to to increase that, and obviously the vote has been close in the past. I think we said nine seven. I think was the last the last vote for uh, increased um, relegation promotion from uh, tier five to tier six, and that that needs that that's what needs to change, and that's what we all I think in tier six and below want. I think that's ultimately where we want to get to. Uh, will we get to maybe three up, 
three down with champion clubs, I think that's not too far away for me. I think that's that's the one that you've got to try and aim for. I don't think we need to go down that route of the playoff personally and on a fourth team, for example, uh, in the future. That would be obviously it would be great, the more the merrier, but I think the three teams is a good starting point and that's the clubs have to get to. Hopefully, with the teams coming into the league next season, um, whether that's um, Linlithgow Rose or potentially Creetown by the sounds of the, also the, the playoff, that that team will be in favour of voting for promotion uh, or increased promotion relegation as well. So that might t- tip the balance because obviously that vote's quite close. But yeah, I think we need to get there. I think that's where ultimately we have to, have to get to at some point. Uh, this conference is coming, 2024, 2025. Uh, the lone league's here to stay by the sounds of it. I don't think, unless somebody's got some radical plan to come up and change the pyramid, which it doesn't sound to me like the SFA are having much discussion below, I guess, the lone league ultimately, which is a bit disappointing. I think if you're having a pyramid review, that should happen across the, the board. Uh, get everyone's thoughts and get everyone's involvement and just try and get to that point because it, it, it seems like that's not, that's not happening. But I think... I think talking to Thomas, we can be more positive about what's coming down the line um, and look ahead to the future and, and what that looks like and hopefully we can get to where we, I say we as a as a Tier 6 club and being involved in there, uh, we can get to. You know what's mad about this whole thing? The League 2 clubs, for example, um, you know, they've you know been staunchly, I was going to use the word staunchly, against, uh, you know, B teams. But now they're... <laughs> relatively safe in a sense because the conference league, right? I, I'm guessing B teams can't, uh, you know, B teams can't get promoted yet. Yeah. Uh, they have that that wee p- kind of, I guess, what do you want to call it, a pillow or mattress, <laughs> you know? So, um, and, and they'll get, re- you know, parachute m- money as well uh, from going into the conference. So, the, over the last, I cannot believe how this has turned out. The, the fact that we're probably even further away from automatic <laughs> promotion to League Two. Uh, and the League Two teams have absolutely benefited um, over the last few years. <laughs> really, they really have. They've, I mean, you know, they, they obviously voted. Uh, I guess I don't know if it was a vote or whatever, but they've obviously put their preference towards a, a conference league. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's funny how football works out. Um, I guess and how they're going to have this conference league to be a, uh, a yeah, I guess a mattress or whatever <laughs> to to <laughs> not. If, yeah. if if the podcast title isn't uh, the League Two mattress, then then I'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed quite frankly. Well, that's pretty much it for us on the official Catch Up podcast. It was good to be joined by uh, Thomas Brown from the Lone League once again. Uh, you can get us on all the the, the social media uh, platforms at Official Catch Up on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. Remember, hit your like, subscribe. On your your YouTube channel, on your uh, all your podcast uh, applications, we appreciate everyone who listens. It's, it's great to see the the numbers that we get on this podcast. We'd love more. Um, we're just two guys talking um, nonsense about non-league football, but it's great to have so many people involved, and uh, we appreciate it. So if you can do that, it doesn't cost you anything to hit subscribe or like or anything like that on these on these channels. But until next time, uh, thanks for listening or watching, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers.